Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to episode 123 of the Church Leadership Podcast. We are so thankful that you have tuned into this episode. Whether you're watching it on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast listening app, we're just thankful you're here. And I know Andy and I say that all the time, but really, we are just so glad that we get to do this and that you join us for this awesome journey. Our mission for this podcast is to encourage and equip you to lead in local church, and we believe today's conversation is going to do just that. We're continuing this series about what we didn't learn in seminary today. Uh, Before we go to today's conversation, I'll tell you a couple things. First of all, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Sanford MTI. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in a bit, but I also want to ask you to go and subscribe to our podcast. You can do that wherever you're listening or however you're watching. Just hit the subscribe button. We don't want you to miss a single episode. And while you're at it, go ahead and check out the archives. You've got 122 episodes to catch up on. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll do that over time. And uh, some of you have been listening all along the way. So we're glad. Now here is today's conversation. Mark, we are so glad to be back talking about something that we want you to also help us in this conversation. So I want to encourage you, we're going to leave an email address in our show notes for you to contact us. If there's a topic along the line of what we're talking about, there's something specific about what you wish you would have learned in seminary that maybe you didn't learn in seminary or something that you've learned along the way that would have been helpful, let us know. Uh, As the kids say these days, drop us a line, right? (laughs) That's right. That's it. That's as the kids used to say a long time ago. But anyway, uh, we are, uh, we're glad. We're glad to have another conversation about something that Mark and I are passionate about, not just about things we didn't learn in seminary. There's a whole lot of things we learned in seminary that were fantastic. And as we've said before, we do not want to undervalue that formal theological education and how that has helped us and how we've uh, built some great relationships and how people have invested in us and, and helped us and taught us some wonderful, needful things over the years. But there's also only so much you can learn in the classroom, right, Mark? That's exactly right. And look, uh, the thing that we're going to discuss today is near and dear to Andy's heart and to my heart. Uh, And we talk about it really on this podcast all the time. And um, it's one of those things where sometimes I feel like, well, maybe we should stop talking about it. But really, if if you're tired of hearing us talk about this, about food, aren't we? (laughs) Not quite. If you if you grow tired of us talking about this, you're probably not a big fan of our podcast anyway, but uh, because it's kind of who we are. So one thing that really we didn't learn in seminary was life on life disciple making. And you probably have heard me share this story before, but I remember I was discipled in college. I know that I'm, I'm blessed uh, to be able to have, to be able to say that most people haven't experienced that at that point in their life, but I was poured into by two people in college. Uh, one was a student, a graduate student, and then another was a, a campus ministry leader. And uh, they they spent time with me. They invested in me. They poured their life into me and uh, and really imparted to me biblical engagement, biblical knowledge, love, those kind of things that we're going to talk about today. But 
I kind of got that bug about disciple making and, and pouring my life into others in college. And so I started to do the same thing. And then I, I graduated college, went home to my, my local church, great church, great pastor, but went home to my local church and uh, told my pastor about it, was so excited. And he says, that's awesome, but it doesn't work that way in the local church. And I was devastated. And then eventually went to seminary. And uh, because God called me in the ministry and went to seminary and I'm, I'm going to be honest now, look, I know I'm old. Right. And so I, I went to seminary, uh, you know, a few days ago, it's been a minute, but there was nothing. I mean, disciple making that phrase was never used. I think discipleship was used some, but that that's not what I was trained in for sure. I mean, we never had a course on it. We never had a, a section in a course on how to make disciples, how to, how to have life on life disciple making. The closest thing I got in seminary was a, a seminar a class called mentoring. And it's, it had the same kind of principles, but wasn't really disciple making. And so here I was a, a seminary grad with a master's degree called in the ministry, eventually pastoring a church and nobody has ever trained me formally. My only training was because I was discipled. And so eventually I was like, wait a minute, you know what? I don't believe what that pastor said. I believe it does work this way in the local church. And I don't care what the seminary did or didn't do. I got to get back to the great commission. And I began pursuing that passion to, to make disciples once again. And so maybe that's you, you know, maybe your experience is somewhat like that. Andy has a little different experience, but the same result, we weren't taught that. And uh, it's so valuable and so I think we're going to discuss a little bit what that really means, life on life, disciple making. Yeah, Mark, a lot of you have heard me share my experience. Mine, mine was probably a little bit more of a, a sob, a sad story. <laughs> I want to sob and cry when I look back and think about how I reached out to so many pastors and church leaders and none of them, you know, took me up on my offer. Please mentor me. Please coach me. Please, you know, and I didn't realize at the time I was just asking somebody to disciple me. That never happened. And once I, I started realizing that that's something that was needful, not only for me, but for, for others, while I'm in seminary, I'm, I'm, I've, I've got this ignorance, but it's this blended with passion. You know, I, I don't know what I don't know yet, and I'm, I'm just running wide open, and I'm thinking with this naive mindset, surely there's going to be a class down the road. Surely there's going to be a professor sometime, somewhere, and they're going to say, all right, guys, Here's exactly what you're supposed to do after you lead somebody to Christ, uh, besides hand them a Bible, a certificate, and maybe a book, and walk them through a six-week class. And it just never happened. But uh, thanks be to God, and through His grace, and through experience, and lots of failures uh, over the years, it, it took me a while to learn not only to invest in people life on life, but to intentionally pour into them so that they multiply. And over the years, uh, I, I'm like Mark, uh, some of my college and seminary experience was probably on uh, chalkboards and overhead cell projectors. <laughs> but uh, since that time, I have been blessed to see students or even kids that were in church at the time grow up to be godly parents and spouses and serve in the local church. You know, some are missionaries, some are pastors, some are just you know, deacons or Sunday school teachers in their class, but a lot of the conversations I've had with those people over the years, they thank me not for uh, the crazy games we played, and they probably can't remember a sermon that I preached, even though it might have been the best sermon I thought I ever preached, but they remember the time I spent with them, investing in them, 
walking them through God's word and how to live that out in their life. And they thank me for sh- showing me, showing them my life in mm-hmm. some way where it was transparent and real. It wasn't just do as I say do, but it was also do as I do kind of a deal. And that's been rewarding to, to see that. Now, that's not the case for every single person we've ever invested in, Mark. There are times where people let us down or we let them down as well in, in this process. But we recognize that now there's a lot of seminaries. There's a lot of theological institutions that are seeing the need for some practical things like life on life disciple making and making that a point to, to let students who want to lead in local church get a taste of that or actually be invested in that in some ways. So I'm thankful that the, the tide's turning a little bit and, and we're starting to see some really, really helpful things in seminaries and in Christian colleges. Absolutely. I do think one of the dangers um, uh, that we've seen is um, as seminaries begin to implement it and teach it academically um, and, you know, different um, organizations put an emphasis on it. Disciple making is kind of one of those buzzwords right now. I think a danger is that it becomes academic or programmatic. Okay. So a couple things we're going to share with you about what we believe life on life disciple making is all about. Number one, it's not a program. Okay. It's, it's not something, it's not a system that you can put into your church. It's, it's, and I know this is frustrating for a lot of pastors, but it's an organic approach. Uh, look at Jesus's life. You know, he spent three years with this ragtag group of people who were his disciples. And really, he spent even more time with those three, Peter, James, and John. And so uh, we had Todd Adkins on the podcast, you know, a couple of years ago. And he said, you know, if you're not, if you're not being accused of being exclusive, then you're not doing it right. And man, it was so profound. It stuck with me. But he's right. I mean, you know, I'm sure I'm sure, in, in fact, we know from Scripture the disciples got jealous of one another. Why? Because Jesus was being exclusive and he was spending time with certain people to have life on life disciple making and, and to pour his life literally into them. And so it's not a double your church in six month deal either. Right. I mean, Jesus spent three years with these disciples. He did ministry for three years. After those three years, he had about 120 followers. And most of those kind of, you know, they split when, when the going got tough. Right. And so it's, it, it's organic. Paul's, you know, approach is the same way. You've heard me say second Timothy two, two before he's talking to Timothy, the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trusts are reliable men will be able to teach others also four generations. It's just organic living life with other people. So it's not programmatic and uh, you, we have to be careful not to make it a program. Yeah, Mark, the other, let me add to that in the sense that thinking about that in the context of getting a seminary education and, and pointing us in the direction maybe of healthy disciple making in the local church. A lot of times, I don't know about anybody else, but I've been very guilty of this. I'll take a class and I'll do everything that it takes to get the grade, but that's all I'll do. You know, I won't go above and beyond that. And then once that class is over, I put that notebook or those notes on the shelf or on a, on a flash drive or whatever, and then I just move on. And that's not the case with life on life disciple making. You're not doing it in seminary or in the context of the local church to be graded on it and and then just do it and forget about it, nor is it a program or a strategy that you can take off the shelf or download on your computer or go to a seminar and learn it in one day. You have to have someone intentionally invest in you over time so that you see it is like you're talking about organic. There's 
there's there needs to be trellis work for the vine. Obviously, there needs to be structure there. But at the same right. time, life on life is messy. Life on life, uh, things are unexpected, unplanned. Uh, there can be disappointments, but there can also be great joys and celebrations in doing that. And you can't get that in a uh, fill-in-the-blank workbook that you buy from, you know, some big box Christian retailer. So, so it's it, it's exactly what Mark said. It's life on life. That's right. And and I'll just be transparent with the listeners and, and viewers. That's frustrating for somebody with a personality like me. <laughs> and you know, it's we want to control it. You can't. And so uh, that's that's one thing. And something else, Andy. Um, I like you to start talking about. I think. Personal life on life disciple making takes time and personal investment. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. If, if you're not willing to take the time to invest in the lives of people and disciple them, then I would question what your intentions are in leading in a local church and serving in ministry. Because more times than not, if that is something you don't have time for, you're not interested in, or you're not willing to do what it takes to make that happen, then your priorities are generally misplaced. Uh, many times we're looking more at church growth rather than church health. We're looking at comparing our ministry or, or our results to another church or another ministry versus what God wants for us to have in our context, in our church, in our community. But it does take time. Um, and I get so frustrated, Mark. I know I've, I've shared a little bit about this on the podcast before. I had a conversation with somebody today who told me they did not have time to do this. Mm. They are a full-time staff member. They're not a pastor. They're not a lead pastor, but they are a specialized staff member. They have one major role and responsibility in their church. And don't get me wrong. It's not, it's not that it's not important. It's very important. But this person told me, look, everything that I've, I've got on my plate, everything that I'm supposed to be doing, I just don't have time for that. I said, well, what do you need to look at in your schedule that you need to change yeah. and, and say no to so that you can say yes to this? Because I believe it's that important. You know, is there one last meeting every week you need to attend? Is there something you need to do with your personal calendar and change that? Because you're talking to somebody who is uh, bivocational, multivocational, really. And I make time to do that. And I'm not saying I'm the most self-disciplined person. And I'm not saying my schedule, uh, anybody needs to model their schedule after it. Everybody's going to be a little bit different, but we have to take time and make time to do that. Uh, some of my groups over the years have met as early as five or five 30 in the morning on a weekday to make sure we accommodate everybody's schedule. So it's just, it's that important, but it's also not just on a Sunday or Wednesday that you're investing in someone. If you meet some other time during the week, that's great but it's at least a year long that you're initially investing in someone, but that, that continues on for much further on down the road than that, but you're giving them access to your life. I mean, people that we disciple Mark pastors in our, in our uh, disciple making groups that we lead uh, people in our church and ministry or community or friends that we disciple, they have our number, they have access to us. They can call us or text us or send us, gifts or memes or whatever, you know, right. somebody sent one to me Sunday morning, right before I was going to walk up to preach and it made, made me chuckle a little bit, but you have to be willing to open your life up, open your schedule up and, and see how important it is. That's right. And look, let's just be honest. If you say you don't have time for life on life, disciple making, essentially what you're saying is that I don't have time to fulfill the great commission. 
that's what you're saying. And uh, I don't know, I would measure my words carefully uh, before I said that. So I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break to talk to you about our sponsor and we'll be back to continue our conversation in just a moment. We'll get back to our conversation in just a minute. First, we want to tell you about our sponsor for today's episode. Our friends at Sanford MTI are sponsoring this episode, and they are on the front lines of equipping people in theology and ministry training. MTI offers affordable and accessible education opportunities to anybody who has a desire to be equipped in ministry or simply grow in their knowledge of Scripture. They offer a lot of great courses around their 38 extension locations, and you can get a diploma for $50 per course. And what's really exciting to us is they offer an MTI online certificate in pastoral leadership, disciple making, women's leadership, worship leadership, and worship administration. In fact, if you use a special code, the code is ALSBOM, A-L-S-B-O-M, you can receive 50% off of their disciple making certificate. And here's the cool thing. You can earn an online certificate in less than a year for just $700. This is Sanford's way to give back to the local church. And so we want to invite you to find out more information. You can go to their website at sanford.edu slash go slash MTI. We'll put that link in our show notes. And uh, we encourage you to check out this awesome, this awesome program at Sanford MTI. Now let's get back to our conversation. All right, back to the conversation. And look, we'll, we'll be honest with you. We could talk about this hours uh, we're not going to do that, though. We've got just a few more minutes to do that on this episode. Another thing that, that I want to share about life on life disciple makings, because, again, it goes back to what we, we talked about at the very beginning. You got to be careful not to make it a program and, and closely linked to that. A lot, I know a lot of us pastors, we, we want to say, OK, well, what what curriculum should we use? Right. Uh, what not may maybe program, but what what literature or curriculum should we use to, to, you know, have this life on life disciple making? And certainly you can use all kinds of literature and all kinds of curriculum. You could walk through books. We have friends that use Robbie, Robbie Gallaty resources. Uh, we know pastor using, you know, um, abundant life resources by uh, another pastor in our state. And, and there's another um, curriculum, you know, within our state that's pretty large too. You can certainly do that. Um, I guess a word of caution as you do that, or even an encouragement not to do that if I could be so bold, would say, I would encourage you to use the Bible as your curriculum, however you do that. If you want to just go through, you know, two or three books a year, books of the Bible, do that. Supplement it with books. Certainly, we do that. I mean, we take our people through, you know, books, uh, and, and Andy's probably going to share some of those with you in just a minute. But, you know, if you make the Bible your core curriculum, you're going to be able to walk people through the whole council of Scripture, you're going to be able to answer questions. They're going to be able to dig deep because really life on life disciple making is helping people learn how to engage God's word on their own. That's really what it's about. And so you can't do that unless you're in scripture, unless you're using scripture. So I would just encourage you, don't, don't marry yourself to a curriculum because one of the dangers is when you finish the curriculum, people will check the box and think, well, I've graduated. I've done disciple making. What's next, right? Well, again, Andy already said it. You don't graduate from disciple making. It's a lifetime, life on life. It's an investment for a lifetime. So uh, make sure that you're not curriculum based or curriculum driven. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to... Uh just talk about something for just a second, Mark, if it's okay about, you know, we, when we're in seminary, we, we learn all of these techniques and strategies and, and methods and principles that are so helpful. 
And many times what's not addressed are the anticipated problems we're going to have. You know, mm -hmm. when you come out of seminary, you're not going to jump right into the, the platform on the largest church on, with the biggest staff, you know, with the largest amount of giving and, and missionary sending. I mean, you, you may be able to do that by God's grace, but I think your character takes time to build up your ability to be ready for something like that. But one of the things that, that, that we don't really grasp a lot while we're being trained and invested in, in that formal setting is the problems that we have in the local church. And how do we address those? We may, we may have a, a whole course on conflict management, but yet we don't get to the root of the matter what causes conflict, you know, and, and how do we address that? Or how do we address things so that it doesn't come to a place of unhealthy conflict? Uh, I have had enough experience over time that I've had problems, my fair share, maybe more than I should in church and like uh, uh, things that I'm seeing in a lot of churches I've seen over years, a lack of prayer, lack of biblical literacy, uh, uh, a, a poor understanding of genuine church membership, lack of biblical leadership. So, I mean, there's some common things that I've seen that have been issues in the context where I have served, but also in a lot of other churches. And I don't want this to sound too simplistic and I don't want it to sound too elementary or simple because it's, it's more complicated than I'm going to, what I'm going to say, but every problem that I've ever experienced in the local church, if I had been doing life on life disciple making the way that I believe Jesus wanted, wants us to, believe the majority if not all of these problems would have either been prevented or handled in a much healthier way because what you're doing when you're investing in someone's life you're not just teaching them you know what to do what to say and how to act but it's even how to think you know a lens through which to see things so uh, but at the same time you have someone when you're being discipled, you have someone modeling, the, modeling these things for you. And though it may be imperfectly done, it's giving you an, an idea of, all right, that's what that's supposed to look like. That's how that's supposed to work in my life or in my relationship. So uh, let me encourage you to, to step back and look at a lot of the, the common factors of problems and negative issues you've had in your church and see that maybe at the root of those, maybe we're not making disciples in a healthy life-on-life -life way that could help prevent those in the future or make those things better where they are now. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with, with everything you just said. Um, every problem that I've encountered in church, every single one that I can think of, same thing, either would have been prevented, helped, or at least addressed in a much better way if disciple making had, had taken root sooner or, or in a better way. And, you know, for great on the other side of that, a positive example at the church I'm in now, you know, uh, I, I'm the lead pastor at Fultondale first Baptist, just North of Birmingham. And, and, you know, we've been making disciples for three years and the culture is still changing here, but we handle things so much differently and so much better now than when I first got here because more and more people have been discipled. It makes a huge difference. Uh, and so uh, I guess before we close out, Andy, I, I did want to address a couple of things. One is, you know, the goal of personal disciple making, life on life 
disciple making is multiplication, right? It's not replication, really. It's multiplication. We're only going to multiply our lives. That's that whole Second Timothy 2-2 principle. And uh, that's one difference between maybe mentoring or, you know, accountability groups or whatever and life-on-life disciple making. We want the people that we disciple, that we pour into, that we invest in to turn around and multiply their lives and do the same with others. And so we, we've come up with uh, just, just a, you know, we're, we're Baptist and uh, I'm a pastor. And so we use all kinds of letters and acrostics and alliteration and all that, but an acrostic leads, L-E-A-D-S. And so this is what we want to see in the lives of those that we invest in and we disciple. And it's real simple, L-E-A-D-S. Each letter stands for something. The L stands for live generously. We want them to learn how to live generously. And that's part of what we disciple them to do. We want them to be able to engage in God's word. It's a big part of disciple making. We want them to be active in sharing their faith, sharing their story, sharing the gospel. We want them to be devoted to prayer. That's the D. And then the S is we want them sharing life in community. And those are, uh, those are five things that, that we really try to implant by living together, by doing it with each other, by uh, showing examples of how to do it, uh, you know, by teaching, equipping, all of that. All that goes into life-on-life disciple-making, but those are the things we want to see in the life lives of the disciples so that they can multiply those things. Yeah, and we need to make sure that's where we are as leaders, make sure we're living by those standards and applying God's word to our lives so it's giving the, the fruit that we want to see in others' lives. So that's great, Mark. I think, like you said earlier, I think we could go on and on and on and on talking about all these things and and I think it is good to have an end aim a goal in mind because when when are you finished making disciples I believe uh, Jesus himself said you know that a disciple is not above his master or his teacher so we can never come to a place where we've arrived as a disciple right we do have some some core competency some vital things that we want to see uh, instilled into people's lives. So I think that's very important to understand, to know what a disciple is and to know what a disciple does so that we know when we are making disciples and making sure we are intentional about multiplying. Uh, so that, I think that's, I think that's what I wish I would have heard and learned a long, long time ago in seminary. And it would have put me way ahead of where I even am now. Uh, a long time ago. So that's right. And look, there's so much more to be said. So what we're going to do, we're going to put some of this stuff in our show notes, but um, what we're going to do is uh, we have some guides and again, we don't do curriculum, but we have a guide. I have a guide uh, Andy has a, a field guide and I think his is, is extremely practical and helpful. So we're going to just post those a uh, link to those in the show notes. You know, we, we are all about sharing resources. And so we're going to put those in the show notes. Maybe that will help you as you seek to, to be a disciple that makes disciples. So uh, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. We've got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, not only are we going to continue this series over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about things like marketing and, and how to hire the right staff and other things, things we didn't learn in seminary. We're going to have some great conversations with some guests coming up as well. So we hope you continue to join us week in and week out, week out uh, for the Church Leadership Podcast. Mark, let me say one thing. This is probably uh, uh, something that you weren't planning on me saying, but I'm going to put us on the spot here and say, if you do submit 
to us something you would like for us to talk about that we did not learn in seminary. We have a small gift that we want to send you. A, a fun, helpful, I think something you will enjoy, a gift yes. that we want to send you. So if you submit to us a topic, a question, or something that you would like for us to, to talk about or address what we didn't learn in seminary, and we have something special we'll send your way. As a matter of fact, if you have a guest that you would like for us to have here on the podcast or another topic you'd like for us to address, please uh, include those in suggestions as well. We'd love to hear from you. But That's we'll right. We'll put, we'll put our email in the show notes. It's contact at churchleadershippodcast.com, but we'll put that in the show notes uh, as well. So thank you guys again for joining us for today's episode. And uh, we hope this has been helpful and encouraging and equipping you to lead in the local church. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. 